The last Pasik in the Megillah reads, Kimardachai Yehudi, Mishnah Lamelacha Hashverosh, the Godol La Yehudim. Because Mardachai the Yehudi was the Viceroy Tachashverosh and the Godol in Klai Yisrael. And the question is, what is this Pasik doing here? It would have been more appropriate to complete the Megillah with the previous Pasik. This is the end of Megillus Esther. For a full account and more information, it is recorded in the Chronicles of Madai and Paras. The Pasik of Kimardechai Yehudi seems out of place. Why does the Megillah conclude with this statement? So I saw a beautiful idea from Rabbi Matasiol Salomon Shlita. He says, the Pasik is trying to answer an underlying question that permeates the entire story of the Megillah. When Mordechai insisted that all of Kal Yisrael should fast for three days and three nights, why didn't the Yidin respond, Mordechai, it was your refusal to bow down to Haman that was the impetus for Haman's evil decree. We were all willing to bow down. It was your defiance to the king's orders is what put us in this horrible predicament in the first place. So when one finishes the Megillah, he can be bothered with this difficult question. Fasting for three consecutive days is a great sacrifice. So when Mordechai declared the fast, why would all of Klal Yisrael go along with it? So the Megillah concludes with the answer. This Pasik is an explanation to this question. Do you know why Klal Yisrael didn't disobey Mordechai's order? Ki Mordechai Yehudi, Godel Yehudim. Because Mordechai was the Godel Hadar. And when a Godel says something, you listen. Even if you don't understand it. Because when you listen to the advice of a tzaddik, when you follow Das Torah, you never lose. To illustrate this point, I'd like to share with you the incredible story of a young man by the name of Alex Clare. Alex grew up in southeast London to non-observant parents. He loved music. He was determined to make music his career. A record label once heard his music and offered him a record deal. He was moving up. His music was becoming more popular. And around that time, Alex started thinking about religion. But he didn't know anything about Yiddishkeit. He was raised in a secular home. He didn't belong to a shul. He didn't even live in a Jewish neighborhood. But he was willing to learn. He wanted to explore. So he took beginner classes. He learned the Aleph base and how to read. His teachers introduced him to essential tefillahs. He loved the biblical stories. He was fascinated by the characters and the drama. He started to admire and respect his rabbis. And they taught him the basics of Yiddishkeit. Then he started to daven every day. And even learned some Chumash and Alacha. Before long, he was observing Shabbos. Record companies don't care about your religious beliefs. As long as it doesn't interfere with their bottom line. They are all about selling music and making money. The big day for the release of Alex's first album approached. The people at the record label were setting up promotional appearances and interviews for him. And for some reason, every appearance was scheduled for Friday night. And Alex said no. And the record company said, You have your religious beliefs and we respect that. Fridays are no good? Okay, we understand. We'll work around it. One day they call, Alex, we have great news for you. We booked you to go on tour with one of the biggest music stars today. You will get lots of exposure and sell lots of albums. Tour starts April 7th. Alex hangs up the phone, looks at his calendar. April 7th, that's Pesach. Alex calls them back. Sorry, those dates won't work. It's Passover. There are the first days and the last days, plus the Sabbath and the intermediate days. I'll be off for 10 days. Sorry, I can't do it. His album was released. 
no radio play, virtually no interest. His career stalled. He needed to promote his album, but his commitment to Judaism was making that difficult. The record company tried to find Alex more opportunities, but nothing materialized. Towards the end of the summer, Alex tells them, the high holidays are approaching, I can't work Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. They understood. Motsi Yom Kippur, Alex turns on his cell phone, there was a message. It was from the record label. Alex, we have great news. This will jumpstart your career. We lined up a big gig for you, a world tour, starting in four days. Alex tells them, four days? That's Sukkot. I'm off for another ten days. Now, they were at their wit's end. And the record company gave him an ultimatum. This is your last chance. Go on tour or it's over. If you can't make it, we're dropping you. Alex was distraught. All that work, all those years, all those dreams, gone. No more music career. He was blacklisted. His name was ruined. He needed chizuk. So he went to talk to his rabbi. His rabbi told him, You know Abraham, the biblical patriarch? Avram Avinu had a moment like this too. He invested his entire life in a dream. He was an idealist. He was going to change the world. And then one day God told him to sacrifice his son. Offer him up on an altar. Deny everything you believe. Give it all up. And Avram was stuck. He knew he had to do it. He didn't have a choice. Avram prepared to sacrifice his son. No more idealism. No more changing the world. He would forever be viewed as a fraud. No one would ever listen to him again. His dream was over. But what happened? In the end, Avram didn't have to give up anything. And because he was willing to sacrifice everything, he created his own legacy and the future of Kal Yisrael. Today, half the planet subscribes to his idea of monotheism. He succeeded not in spite of his sacrifice, but because of his sacrifice. Alex got the message. It was a powerful point. His career seemingly over, Alex flew to Eitz Israel, went to Yeshiva to concentrate on his learning. A few months went by and money was tight. He could not support himself. He couldn't pay his rent. He owed his record company and his band hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was in great debt, but Alex remained strong. He kept the faith. Then one day, the phone rang. It was Microsoft. Alex, will you grant us permission to use your song titled too close in a commercial to launch the new version of Internet Explorer? Alex said, sure, go ahead. The song was used as the soundtrack for an ad featuring Internet Explorer number 9. In March 2011, Microsoft launched a massive campaign. The ad was everywhere, and the song was everywhere. It was on TV, every radio station, online, social media. It was played 24-7. You couldn't escape it. People all around the world fell in love with the song. They couldn't get enough of it. They bought it on iTunes. They watched it on YouTube. It climbed the charts. Overnight, Alex became an international sensation. His album sold 6 million copies. The video had over 45 million views on YouTube. Alex was in demand. His career went from over to overdrive. He had fans all over the world. People wanted to hear him. He was a huge star. He had an Avram Avinu moment. Had Alex not listened to the guidance of his Rebbe and violated Shabbos and gone on tour, he would have been exposed to 10,000 people in this city and another 15,000 in that city, and he still would have been mired in anonymity. But by heeding the advice of his Rebbe and observing Shabbos, overnight he became a multi-millionaire. This story is a testament 
that just like when Klal Yisrael listened to Mordechai, you never lose by listening to Das Torah. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.